Welcome to our podcast on the Urban Land Institute Green Print Annual Report and the secret sauce behind the data. Hi, I'm Mel Barto, Director of Partner Development at Measurable, and today I'm lucky to be joined by Marta Schoen, Senior Vice President of Green Print Center for Building Performance with ULI, and Scott Knox, our Chief Data Scientist at Measurable. Thank you both for joining me today. So Marta, for those that aren't as familiar with Urban Land Institute, Green Print, could you give the audience a quick overview? So the, the story of how Green Print originated back in 2009 is pretty darn cool, so I'm going to tell it to you. It's, it's one of my favorites. So here we go. Back in 2009, uh, a bunch of real estate leaders, not even sustainability folks, just leaders in the real estate industry, went to Greenland, saw the glaciers melting, and decided they needed to do something about it, that they needed to hold themselves accountable and their portfolios for their impact on the environment and reduce that over time. So they formed Greenprint as a blueprint for green buildings, hence the name, and collectively decided to hold each other accountable by reporting their building performance year over year across their portfolios. So they, they're all about reducing carbon and building value. And I just, I love that. So uh, ever since 2009, we've been publishing annual reports that are collecting and, and tracking this performance over time. Uh, we just published volume nine uh, earlier this fall, and we're, we're pleased to continue to show improved performance over time. Uh, in line with the, the Paris Climate Accord, the members of, of Greenprint aim to reduce their portfolio-wide carbon emissions 50% by 2030, and they are on track to do so. And then on top of that, just for, for Greenprint broadly, uh, while data is an absolute cornerstone of, of the initiative, we also have formed this beautiful community of practice over time, and we're able to leverage our collective power of such a large, influential portfolio to, to enact change and really make a difference in the market, whether it's through tenant space efficiency initiatives, whether it's through city partnerships to facilitate more collaboration around climate goals, um, or whether it's through other thought leadership topics or of whatever's on folks' mind in the market. So it's a wonderful group. So to relate this to you, Scott, thanks for taking time to pause on writing code today um, and to join us. But perhaps you could tell us, describe the data that goes into this annual report Arda mentioned. Yeah, sure. So I'll give a few uh, descriptive statistics of the measurable data set that uh, that we use to to drive some of these numbers for the, the annual report. So uh, uh, the measurable database has uh, just under 29,000 buildings, and those buildings are located across 81 countries. And uh, the these buildings have just over six billion square feet in floor area. And to give you some context about the the ULI buildings that are also housed in the measurable database, is they have just over 9,000 buildings at last check. Uh, that number can fluctuate a little bit. And uh, they span 34 countries, and they have just under 2 billion square feet. So it's 
they compose roughly 20% of the measurable database. It's quite a sizable uh, piece. You mentioned it's about 20%. The green print cohort makes up 20% of the measurable database. Yeah, that's right. And uh, I think one thing that is uh, really cool about the green print cohort and the annual report in, in particular is that uh, the all all of the all the buildings that that are in the measurable database are are people who already care about sustainability. So if you think about it, these are like the best of the best in terms of of uh, sustainability in the built environment. And what's really remarkable about the the ULI cohort is that they are actually uh, driving the uh, the 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 chase for sustainability. They are reducing their energy consumption faster than the measurable database as a whole. They are dropping their CO2 emissions faster than, a da- than the measurable database as a whole, and they are uh, reducing water consumption faster than the database as a whole. It's, uh, it's quite the achievement. I love yeah, that. Yeah, they're like the smart kids in the class that are setting, <laughs> setting the curve. Marta, <laughs> maybe you could touch on that. Why do you think that is? <laughs> I love that. So what I would say to that is, is part of the, the great thing about Greenprint is that, you know, being able to partner with Measurable and have a, a great software to, to house the data is part of it, but having an ongoing community of practice to collaborate and really push things forward together, talk through challenges, talk through ideas, talk through opportunities, uh, these folks are constantly thinking about ways to improve their portfolio, and it's rooted through this um, the founding of Greenprint way back in 2009. Like it's, this is this is what the organization is all about: moving the market forward and being a leader in that space. You know, you always hope that you're that that standard, but then once the data proves it, it really gives you that structure to stand behind and keep holding yourself accountable for it. Let's dive into the metrics of the report. What are the really big highlight highlights as far as the data in the report? Yeah, so when we think about just a performance snapshot within the the annual report, we have a a longer form version, a little over 20 pages that that goes into some deep dive data, but we also have a a high-level performance snapshot that gives the top-line information that a sustainability professional would want to know. So for the the Greenprint collective portfolio, we saw uh, from year over year, uh, 3.3% energy savings, uh, 2.9% water savings, and 9.1% waste intensity reduction, which is about um, the, the total amount of waste per square foot. And when we think about diversion, the, the amount recycled actually increased in terms of that proportion. Um, all in, we, we saw a reduction in carbon emissions 3.4%, which, you know, sometimes percents don't necessarily sound that impressive, but let me tell you, it's it's impactful. It's a it's a real number, and it's making a dent in in the world, which is a wonderful thing. And in the real estate world, you know, it's all about asset value and improved value. How can we show how to what are the deals? How does that all work? And so we also try and look at that kind of at the at the micro scale. If we think about globally, it's, it's a little tough to put a cap rate on some savings numbers and identify an increase in asset value. That's a bit too much of a swag for for me. Uh, but we are able to look at the kind of once we get to the asset level in different regions, we're able to look at how these sustainability savings are impacting building value. 
And Marta, ULI is based in North America, but the assets are all over the world that go into this report, right? Oh, without a doubt. ULI is global. Uh, we've got, oh gosh, 42,000 individual members globally, and um, that's, that's ULI-wide. Greenprint in particular, we have about 30 real estate leaders globally who um, who are, as you said, really leading the pack when it comes to their sustainability improvements. And those 30 companies comprise, I think Scott mentioned 9,000 or so buildings, and the number included our report right around there, uh, across 28 countries. And so when we think about our, our impact, you know, yes, I'm, I'm here in Washington, D.C., that's where ULI is headquartered, uh, but our, our coverage is global. Talk about a community to work together to drive change. Let's dive into maybe there's the data behind it, the energy, water, and waste, but what drives those reductions? Let's dive into project examples at the sites that are yeah. driving those reductions. Yeah, one thing that's so convenient about partnering with Measurable to, to collect so much data for this report is that Measurable has um, the utility type of data, energy, waste, water, can calculate the carbon emission reductions through that. Um, but also it includes information on projects that are implemented. We have information on the number of projects, the investment that went into each project, the anticipated savings, project type, location, building. It, all of that data is really great for us to be able to look at the trends and look at what best practices our green print members are, are implementing to achieve those savings. Uh, and one thing that was incredibly surprising to us, I, I imagine you guys see this a lot too, the we all tend to think of the lowest hanging fruit for energy efficiency as LED lighting retrofits. Quick payback period, investments not too high up front, utility incentives, you know, it's, it's an easy win for the most part. But what we saw through this past year's annual report is that the most common project recorded amongst um, our, our green print portfolio was the installation of high efficiency HVAC equipment and controls. And that type of, of next level efficiency project is exactly what we like to see from leaders in the space. Um, lighting, of course, is important, but once you do that first level, you need to think about what other projects can, can be done to improve the efficiency of these buildings. And second after that was waste. We had a great example of um, replacing traditional waste bins with solar powered compacting bins at shopping centers, which is just a, a wonderful way to to be more efficient and uh, reduce your, your footprint there in the environment. The third most common type of project was lighting, which we, we finally got to something we kind of expected. Um, and it's, it's always good to see that uh, we're seeing more of our, our green print members conduct lighting retrofits across a whole portfolio as opposed to just one asset or one building at a time. And so that's another great way to reach scale when we think about those improvements. Uh, and then the fourth most common project was water type of projects, water efficiency, whether that's uh, high efficiency water fixtures or, or drought, drought, um, drought tolerant landscape design, drip irrigation, things like that. So seeing a, a wide variety of projects and, and not necessarily the ones that you would assume from the get-go as, as the most popular ones is, is one way that our members are, are reaching those savings. And looking at like the project trends, that could almost be a leading indicator on where we might see reduction in the future, right? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, so we see a lot of HVAC systems or waste reduction projects happening this year. Maybe we could say we could hypothesize that in the future, those sites would have 
lower uh, utility usage in the future. Oh, certainly. I mean, when, when you implement these different energy conservation measures, you would um, most definitely anticipate that the, the utility costs will go down in alignment there. Mm -hmm. the, the last part of the report that, that I'll chime in on as well, I, we, we talked about the data deep dives, we talked about the projects that actually went in those best practices to achieve the savings. We also talked to our members about what trends we're seeing for sustainability moving the market forward. And um, overall, we've got three, three main types of, of trends that we're seeing driving sustainability that our members are very much paying attention to as, as the whole sustainability world evolves. Um, the first one is all about prop tech, which I feel like is one of the, one of the buzzwords of the year. Um, high, high technology or, or new technologies in the property space Real estate firms are starting to invest in these prop tech innovations that directly will be benefiting their own buildings. It's a um, strategically self-serving type of, of model, and it's a fantastic way to have a, a lovely relationship between these tech companies who are able to very early on get feedback and input from the real estate folks who are ultimately their long-term customers, but who are also at the same time investing. So they have that capability and opportunity to be able to provide input and uh, recommendations early on. So that's a really interesting trend we're seeing, and it's only continuing to grow. Instead of building an R&D arm inside a real estate company, they'll go out and invest in these prop tech companies um, and see that as their research and development budget. Yeah. I think last year alone, there was $6 billion invested in prop tech. So if we see a lot of money getting invested in prop tech and these advancements in technology at the site, then hopefully we look five years forward or 10 years forward and these buildings are being run more efficiently because they're getting funded by the best and brightest real estate companies to make real impact at the site. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm interested in seeing where that goes. And then you mentioned, though, that there's two more trends. So let's yes. touch on those. Let's do it. The, the, the second trend that, that we're seeing very much are changing utility relationships. If you think about the, the traditional business model for utilities in the past, you know, utilities generate power, send a bill, bill gets paid. And that, that was it. But now there are so many changes that have come in the market. Utilities have to often provide incentives and rebates for energy efficiency, number one. They need to figure out how the grid works with renewable energy, adding on at, at the building level and then also at, at utility scale. They need to figure out demand response so that the, the utility grid as a whole doesn't feel as much stress and strain based on all of these users who are, are leveraging that power. And then just all on top of that, there's smart metering, there's benchmarking ordinances. Utilities have a lot more interaction with, with these buildings. And, and so real estate realizes that and our, our green print members are very much making sure to take advantage of the opportunities that come in there and also think through the ways to best optimize that relationship for, for the best of the building. So Scott, like we we at Greenprint see a lot of this at the at the building level, but I imagine at Measurable you have some interesting utility interactions as well. Yeah, so I I like to always try and bring the conversation back to uh, you know this is this is about the the annual report and what is the data that actually 
drives a lot of these numbers in, in the annual report? Well, it's uh, it all comes down to utility data, and it all comes down to a bunch of buildings that have meters, and all these meters have meter readings. And uh, a, a, a large proportion of those meter readings are actually automatically collected and measurable through a service that we call Utility Sync. What's really cool about this this automation is that we have a level of quality assurance that we put on top of it. Because it's uh, all running through computers, uh, we have uh, we have some interesting machine learning algorithms that are combing through the data looking for, for things that are incorrect, whether it is an incorrect uh, billing amount or an in, incorrect uh, usage amount for water, electricity, fuel, district, whatever it may be. And uh, we will alert uh, our customers or sometimes our own uh, customer success reps will, will address the issue themselves. Um, we've ended up uh, fixing, shock, somewhat shockingly, a few thousand meter readings. So, uh, you know, when, uh, when I think about, oh yeah, how do, we in, how do we interact with utility companies? I think of how uh, sometimes there's mistakes made. I guess I should add that uh, this is less than 1% of the total data that we get from utility companies mm -hmm. though. So the error rate is very small. Yeah. It's it's so interesting you mentioned that, Scott, because you know, you, you also think back maybe twenty years even, and people would you would have meter readers like going to every house and tracking all of the or building and, and tracking all of the, the usage manually. And and now we have all of these um, very much smart meters on different homes and buildings and and they're slowly but surely finding ways to, to make this data more accurate and more automized. And so I'm, I'm hoping that'll continue to improve. Yeah, and you know, uh, a nice side effect that you get with this, uh, this automation and uh, some of these uh, uh, QA things that we put in place is that reports like the ULI annual report uh, have a lot more integrity to them. They're a lot more reliable. These these large uh, analysis that show trends in the marketplace they're believable a lot more believable. Speaking of just sustainability in the marketplace, that that's kind of where our third trend in the report is looking at that expanding definition of sustainability. So when we think about sustainability, right? There's energy efficiency for sure. Uh, carbon reductions are are a part of that. But now more and more we're seeing health and wellness, we're seeing resilience, we're seeing social equity come into this definition and tenants and investors especially are, are expecting the, the owners of these buildings to be tracking, improving and, and reporting on everything within that definition. When it comes to our, our annual report, for the most part, we're still just looking at energy, waste and water, but we are starting to collect information on projects and we're starting to think through the different metrics for tracking health and wellness. Uh, I'm curious, um, is there much going on at, at Measurable on that front too, that expanded definition of sustainability? Yeah, so at, at Measurable, we have uh, what we call the, the measurable score, and it's a way that we try and assess a, a, a building's um, sustainability in general. We try to, to boil it down just to a number between zero and 100. And one area that that we're, we're we're always looking to try and expand uh, 
the the measures of sustainability and health and wellness certainly is something that is growing out there in the industry and uh, right now the way that we're tracking it is uh, with projects audits and certs and uh, I know that uh, you one one measure of health and wellness could be uh, taking to into account air quality we're not currently doing it but it's something that we're looking at in, integrating is uh, perhaps um, awarding some some amount of points or some proportion of the measurable score so that uh, buildings that are located in uh, metro areas that have poor air quality, if they also happen to have projects or certs or audits that show that these buildings address indoor air quality for the health and wellness of the occupants, um, uh, we were looking at trying to award more points and raising their, their measurable score to account for this. Awesome. And then I suppose as well, one thing that's nice about measurable is that you also track uh, building certifications. So when we think about health and wellness certifications that are on the rise, like FitWell and Well and even Reset that just looks at indoor air quality, um, I imagine those things can be tracked as well just in one convenient location. Yeah, that's right. Well, uh, the measurable platform can basically track it all. Marta, let's dive into how this report gets used. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so there are a lot of different types of stakeholders who who look at this annual report and get different value out of it in different ways. One thing we love about it, and it's one reason that we have such such a broad amount of, of information in there. We we also, I will say, as a, a data nerd, maybe not quite as nerdy as Scott, I mean that in the best way, I <laughs> I do still really love data. And so it was interesting to figure out how we could show a lot of information and, and provide interesting insights in the, the data analysis section of our report without getting too wonky or, or too long. Uh, so we, we started with the high level type of, of information looking at um, performance improvements and, and overall kind of performance variation across building types, across um, regions and across those different uh, data pieces when we think about energy, waste, water. And so that was one thing that we did. So for, for folks who are looking for that type of data, whether they want comps for, for a market they're looking at, whether they want comps for a, a certain building type they're looking at, wanting to understand how, how their performance compares to the market, this is one way to, to have that information. And uh, as, as Mel mentioned, you, there's this old adage, you can't manage what you don't measure. And honestly, I feel like I should get that tattooed on myself. I love that so much. Uh, <laughs> and, and back in 2009, when Greenprint was founded, most of the other tools on the market didn't exist. Um, Greenprint was a very early adopter of the concept of benchmarking and the concept of, of being an early mover for being able to collect this information and, and make decisions off of it and move forward. So the fact that, that we have this report at all still keeps our, our green print members accountable for, for reporting and, um, and making decisions based off of those report outs. And then on top of that, there are folks in the market like academics who, who maybe wanna see this data or just other real estate leaders who may be thinking about sustainability and wanna dip their toes in, in the conversation. This is a great way to do that as well. Great. You know, as we wind this down, let's just take a step back. Scott, I'd love to hear from you, perhaps speaking to the measurable platform, how data is entered. And then Marta, if you can close it off with any parting words. 
Sure. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I, uh, I'm happy to be the Data King. I, I wear that crown proudly. And it has a little <laughs> asterisk that says nerd on it, too. <laughs> so, yeah, at, at Measurable, um, there are two main ways how uh, utility data gets into our system, which is, I suppose, that is that is the primary content of the of the ULI annual report, and uh, we have um, we have an integration with eStar Portfolio Manager, our Energy Star Portfolio Manager, and we uh, both push and pull data from Energy Star Portfolio Manual uh, Manager and. Uh, we have a piggyback service, which I talked about a little bit earlier, called Utility Sync, which automates uh, utility data from utility companies directly into Measurable and also into eStar Portfolio Manager. Then we have a second way, which uh, we call manual uploads. It's kind of like using a using a spreadsheet to to uh, get data into the Measurable platform. And so I had mentioned earlier, there's about 29,000 buildings in the Measurable database and uh, each one of these buildings has several meters on it and uh, each one of these meters has dozens possibly hundreds or even thousands of meter readings historically going back to 2009 and beyond and uh, there is an incredible amount of work that goes into taking all of these data points which can be in the millions of data points and uh, aggregating them and distilling them and uh, rolling them up into these meaningful numbers that uh, that appear in the the ULI annual report. Yeah, so that that roll up that you're talking about, Scott, is exactly what makes uh, our partnership so convenient. That we're able to um, to recommend that our Greenfront members leverage the measurable software platform to to house their data and. And then we're able to, to work with you to be able to, to roll up that information at the portfolio level, whether it be at the building type or, or location or size or however we want to slice and dice it. We're able to partner on that and really get some interesting information out to the public. Um, and so as when it comes to the report itself, it, it is wonderful that we can collaborate with you on that. Uh, some of our members don't use Measurable, and so with with that we we leverage uh, Energy Star Portfolio Manager, as you mentioned, Scott. Um, and so ULI is happy to be a, an Energy Star partner and, and collaborate on that front. They're a very strong base for utility data collection, and now that they've added waste and water to their uh, platform as well, it's been a really nice way to aggregate a lot of data as well. Um, and so their their streamlined data inputs and and the push pull with the measurable platform has been fantastic. Um, well, especially for our U.S. assets. Granted, that's only in the United States. We we mentioned earlier that Greenprint is global, and so it's, it's convenient to be able to have Measurable as a global platform that we can recommend so that others globally have this opportunity to benchmark their information, have it in one place, and improve their portfolio performance based on it. Great. Thank you. I found this very educational. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Marta. And thank you to all of our listeners who joined in today.